But I just want to focus on a couple things here in Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to spend the next few uh, lessons on Sunday school, Lord willing, <clears throat> on spiritual, uh, spiritual uh, I guess for lack of a better word, spiritual warfare. Uh, you know, we're in a spiritual fight. The Bible says we don't, we don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against powers and principalities and, and uh, rulers and high places and all of these things. And so our biggest fight, uh, though we do battle the flesh, absolutely, but even the battle of the flesh is a spiritual battle. If we uh, try to battle our flesh only in fleshly ways, uh, you're going to be discouraged because you're not going to win, right? And so we're going to look at that the next few weeks going going on here and give a, hopefully a little bit of help, a little bit of encouragement, um, some some uh, ammunition of of truth uh, as we uh, as we uh, walk through this life. You know, our our society and culture has never really been easy to live in as a believer. But for us in the United States, it's getting uh, harder and harder in many ways. We're being exposed to more and more than we ever thought. And for some of us in a certain generation, certain ages, it's weird because uh, we remember what it was like 30 years ago. And we're living in what it is like today. Some of you remember what it was like 50 and 60 years ago. And it's like you just shake your head. I'm sure I can't imagine what it's like to, to look 60 years and we see where it's gone. And, you know, think about the things that you battled 60 years ago, right? And what the battle is today, it's a totally different thing in many ways. It's more complex. It's more complicated. It's harder sometimes. It, it, it has been uh, so, uh, it has been packaged in so many different ways. It's hard to keep track of at times. And, uh, but the same, the things, the one thing never changes, regardless of the society you live in, regardless of your day and age that you live in, is that we have an enemy, if you're a child of God here this morning, you have an enemy, right? Amen? Yes. How, many, how many are acquainted, not acquainted with him, but you know of him very well? You know this enemy, right? You know him. Uh, you know his name. Yep, sometimes you think he has your, uh, he's living in your garage or in your house or he's in the car when you get in sometimes, right? You think he's, he's driving around with you at times. I mean, listen, we have, we have an enemy. We know that. Peter said he walketh about as a roaring lion seeketh. Seeking to whom he may devour, right? Jesus told Peter uh, that uh, Satan desires to have you, right? He wants possession of you. He can't have that as a believer, but he wants possession. He wants to sift you as wheat, Jesus said. He wants just, just to take your life, shake it, right? When you're sifting wheat, chuck it up in the air, hopefully let whatever blow away and just absolutely leave you to the wind and to the destruction of this life. And Jesus' words, I love it, were, but I have prayed for thee. That thy faith fail not. I want to tell you this: in the midst of in the midst of attack, in the midst of the onslaught of Satan, in the midst of just spiritual battle, can I don't ever forget this when you're when you're arming yourself with truth, that Jesus, our mediator, is is the only mediator between God and man, and He is praying for you. He is praying for you. What a, what an encouragement that is. He's for you, not against you. He's for you. He's not against you. And we have an enemy. We, we know this. And I want you to, though, today I want to look at something here. In Ephesians chapter 6, I want you to look at verses 10 through 17. Paul is finishing up, wrapping up this letter here to, the, to this uh, 
circular letter. It went to the church at Ephesus. It uh, looks very similar to the letter to the Colossians. Uh, we've talked about this as we've preached through Ephesians. And he says, As finally, my brethren, he leaves them with the, one of the most important things he could leave them with. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Aren't you glad we serve a mighty God? Aren't you glad we, have, we serve a God who, who just commanded... He, he didn't even have to do it himself. He sent out an angel, wiped out 185,000 Assyrians in one night. Well, that's pretty good. If his angels can do that, what could God do? Listen, don't, don't miss this. We, we serve a mighty and a powerful, powerful God. And the power... So he says, be, be strong... In the Lord and in the power of His might. If you ever had trouble with somebody growing up, mainly I know boys had these issues sometimes more than girls do, although I don't know about this any anymore. It seems like uh, girls fight and scratch more than, oh, it's unbelievable. But uh, when you're a boy, sometimes growing up, you could have problems with the bully. You could have problems with somebody. And it, depending on who was watching your back is dependent upon how tough you were, right? And if... Uh, if you, if you knew your brother, who was, you know, 100 pounds heavier than everybody, was watching on, watching this whole thing go on, boy, you'd get pretty mouthy, couldn't you? <laughs> you'd get pretty tough. You'd be like, yeah, bring it on, you know. Bring it on, buddy. Bring it on, you know. Because and, and you know, you know, big guys standing behind you, you know. What, what were you doing? You were, you were being strong. You are being strong in the power of somebody else's might. Right, And so Paul leaves this church here at Ephesus. He says, finally, brother, you, you be strong. You be strong. You be strong. You, 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 everybody in there. Be strong in the power of his might and the power of his might. So what's that mean? Well, when Satan has you cornered, when, when temptation has you cornered, when Satan is messing with your mind and all of these things, you get to get mouthy with Satan because of the power of who your God is. Amen. That's, that's a wonderful thing. You get to tell them with authority. You know, you need to take a hike, right? You're, yeah, you, you may be a lot bigger than I am, and you can really mess me up, and I realize that, but you can't do a thing to God, and He's my Father. He has purchased me with His own blood. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. How do you like that? And uh, you don't have any authority over me, and you need to take a hike, man. You need to go. Oh, you can get real mouthy when you understand who, who the the power of your might that you're standing in. He goes on to say this, though, in the power of his might, look at verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We're going to look at this as we go through this, these lessons. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and pow against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication 
for all saints. And I'm going to stop there as we look at this uh, lesson today. Father, would you help us? Would you teach us by your Holy Spirit? Would you encourage us? Would you help us to have the, the, the ammunition of truth that we need as we walk this daily life in such an untoward generation? We need your help and we, we need the truth uh, here today. And we look to you for that. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. It cannot be stated enough that Satan is methodical and Satan is in no rush to destroy your life. He's been studying humans, I've said before, for over six, for, for 6,000 years. He's been studying humans. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows all of the capabilities that you have to bring great shame upon yourself and upon God. He knows this. And he has a goal. He has a goal, which is your destruction. And so if we're going to live this victorious life, if we're going to live in freedom now, not only do we need to know the enemy, but like going off into battle, we need protection. And in here in Ephesians, we have the outline that we're all very familiar with of the armor of God, the armor of God. I was playing paintball one time several years ago. It was a youth activity at a church we were uh, kind of working with the youth in. And uh, the pastor had came up with the whole idea to go to go play paintball. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. And I don't think the girls, well, our girls didn't go. And uh, they didn't think it sounded real fun getting smacked with paintball. I don't blame them, you know. And... Uh, <clears throat> And so we went to this place and played. I'd never played this game before, you know. And I'm, I'm there with my, oh, I had these, you know, my favorite overalls, which somebody doesn't like. And and uh, I had my gun, and I'm ready to go. And and so we're running around, firing out on people, and this that. Well, I found this this perch, this like this cabin-looking thing they built. If you've done paintball, and you know what I mean, they have all this stuff built and obstacles and things like that. Well, I found this, like, tree stand. It wasn't a tree stand. It was like a tree fort thing. And I went up the stairs and went up it. And, man, I tell you what, I was, I was brilliant. I was sitting in this window just picking people off. Boom, 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 boom. And I mean, this is awesome. And I'm looking over here, and all of a sudden I went, ah! Yeah. Some kid came up the stairs while I was focusing on taking out other people. And his paintball got me right here. All I had was a t-shirt, you know, t-shirt under my overalls. And he got me right here in the ribs. Oh, my goodness. That hurt. I wanted to throw the gun and go find the kid and punch him in the face. That hurt so bad. And I tell you what, I, it, 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 was not, it was not fun. The next time I ever played paintball... Right. The next time I had so much clothes on, I almost died of heat exhaustion because I was like, I am not doing that again. And there's a couple kids out there that our kids went to school with. They were playing this this day and it was a it was a bachelor party. That's what we did. It was, that was the bachelor party. Go play paintball. And this kid, Todd, Todd's in a T-shirt playing and he got hit. I mean, he had black welts all over him. And uh, he's a little tougher than I was. I didn't like the pain. He didn't seem to care. And uh and uh, it, it's just not fun. It's not fun getting hit by a paintball going, I don't know how fast they travel. Anybody know? A thousand miles an hour or something like that. Maybe not that much. Right. Why, which, is, which is precisely why I made sure I had enough armor the next time I played. Okay. But can I tell you, this game of life is much more serious than a game of paintball. Right. Our casualties, listen, our casualties are with us eternally. 
say, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're forgiven. Everything is forgiven, past, present, and future. Absolutely. Praise the Lord for that. But we are going to a judgment. We are going to the judgment seat of Christ. We, listen, our, our judgment is going to determine our position in the, in the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have time to, put, uh, to uh, bring this out to you today, but one of these days soon we'll go through this. I told men's prayer the other day, I, I am not opposed to the, to, to, the, uh, to, to the truth and the word of God. I'm not opposed to believing that there may be some that are saved and go up in the rapture, but they don't come back in the millennial reign of Christ because everything they did for Christ was burned up and there's nothing left. No, listen, some, some are going to be saved so as by fire. Some are going to be saved by the skin of their teeth. Some are, some are going to come in and you've heard them. Well, I'm going to heaven, you know, who cares? Wow. You're going to have an interesting judgment, friend. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of loss that you're going to suffer. Do you realize when Jesus says he wipes away all tears, it's after the judgment? He's not talking about heaven. You know, people, oh, it's going to be so wonderful. No more tears and no more sickness, no more pain. Jesus is going to wipe all the tears away. You ever wondered, well, why are they crying in heaven? Well, they're not. They're crying after the judgment because of loss. It very well possibly could be the, the tears after the judgment are, are because, uh, because uh, um, uh, the saints are going to be judging the lost. I, listen, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that are coming that people have just so haphazardly lived their Christian life. If they are saved, if they are, they have so haphazardly lived their Christian life, they're going to go to a judgment and there's going to be a lot of loss. There's going to be a lot of loss. And I don't have time to look at that today, but the reason I want to look at spiritual armor today is because we have, this is a serious thing, our life. In Christ, it's a serious thing. I want to end in victory. I want you to end in victory. Big, more than that, the Lord Jesus Christ has provided a way for us to live in victory. And he wants you to have a more glorious entrance when we come and we leave this life one day and we come into his presence. And uh, he wants us to come in victory. So we've got to know this. Our, our, our enemy is real. Our enemy is real. He absolutely is. And... Uh, if we suit up to go play a game like paintball, how much should be how, how much more should be be suited up as we go out into this life where Satan is against us? Not a paintball, not some crazy fourteen-year-old kid running around just firing things off everywhere. No, Satan, Satan himself. We're in a pretty big battle, right? And God has given us armor. So let's look at this today. Look at verse 10. I said this, our strength comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Our strength comes from God. We have no ability to fight Satan on our own. We have nothing in us that is more powerful than Satan outside of the indwelling spirit of God, outside of God himself. Our willpower cannot do it. Our intelligence is not smart enough to do it. In and of ourselves, we are no match. We are no match for Satan. And how many in this room have already figured it out yeah. He can toy with me that quickly if I'm not walking in the Spirit. He can tip me upside down, grab me by the ankles, shake me all over the place, get me dizzy, and walk off like, like I was nothing. And, he, and at times it feels like he can do it at will. Yeah. 
1 Corinthians 10, 3-16, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, the Bible says. For the weapons of our warfare uh, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of, Jesus, uh, uh, the obedience of Christ, and having a readiness to revenge all. All disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We have no ability to fight Satan on our own. And so our strength to fight comes from God, right? Though we are living, we are living in a, a, a uh, material, physical existence. Our battle is not necessarily, first and foremost, it is not a physical battle. It's in the spirit realm. Yes, it affects our physical body, right? It absolutely does, but that's not where it begins. Look at verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There it is. Our fight isn't against people. Boy, this is something good to remember in a church as well. Sometimes, sometimes people get crossways and they think it's that person who's the problem. Sometimes you ought to just sit back and go, maybe this is just Satan. And somebody needs to be the mature one, right, and just stop it. <laughs> Acknowledge who it is. And try to fix the relationship instead of going on and on. We've, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in, in, high, in high places. Principalities. What does that mean? That word principalities means, uh, is where we, get the, where we get the word arch enemy. It means the beginning principalities, the beginning. Satan and his demons are our first enemy and all of our problems begin with him. He's our arch enemy. Yeah. Do you know Satan may be our arch enemy? He, he might be powerful. He might be fierce. It might be where everything starts in our life that we have to that we have to fight against. But can I, can I tell you something, though? There is one who is actually before Satan. <laughs> Principalities. There is one who is more powerful than Satan. There is one who created Satan. Right? Satan is not the offspring of Father God and Mother God who gave birth, spiritual, celestial birth to Jesus and Satan. That's not who we're talking about. We're talking about the, arch, the archangel. We're talking about uh, the, the Satan who was created by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Yes, though he is the beginning of our problems, he is not the beginning, right? It is the one who is before Satan and more powerful than Satan where our strength lies. Our weakness may be manifest in what he does, but our strength over, overrides that weakness in who Christ is. He's preeminent. Our strength comes from God, right? Paul's telling us the strength that we need to battle against Satan is in God. Listen to Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. What is that standard? Well, yeah, it is the word. Let me ask you this. What was a standard? It was a battle flag. It was a flag that the, the militaries, before they had communications like uh, two-way radios and eventually texting and all of these things, they had flags 
to tell their troops which way to go, to go forward, to go backward, to go right, to go left. They would, they would raise up the flag of where the battle was and where it was going to be. Now watch this. This is, this is military. This is battle. This is fighting. And, and the Bible says this, when the enemy comes in like, the, like a flood, right? When the, who's the enemy? Satan. When Satan comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. When Satan comes in, watch this, the Spirit of God throws a flag up and says, the battle's on, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine... Could you imagine being some little no-name country? Could you imagine? Let's just say, let's just say you're you're the uh, island nation of uh, of uh, I don't know what's a, of uh, let's say Madagascar. That's a weird island. I don't know why I picked that one out. Pretty small comparatively to the rest of the countries. But could you imagine if they start mouthing and saying things to you, the United States, and they wake up one morning? There's about just one hundredth of our fleet of battleships out there, about 35 of them lining up surrounding this little island with the flag of the United States raised up and uh, jets going over here and there and things like that. Let me ask you something. Do you think there'd be a little bit of nervousness? Do you think you could be going, uh-oh? Do you think they'd be finding the guy who mouthed off to bring him out there and like, uh, here he is. <laughs> yeah, you can have him. Hey, hold on a minute. God says when the, when, when the enemy comes in like a flood to us, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard. God says, I'm ready to fight. Now, I don't know about you. I know we know it's not real wise to fight against God because you won't win. But can I tell you, Satan knows that as well. Do you remember when Jesus came into the areas of Gadara and uh, that maniac of Gadara had all these demons in him? And Jesus came... To him, and the demon said, You know, what have we to do with thee, thou son of David? Have, have you come to torment us before the time? What did they know? They knew judgment was coming. On them. The demons know judgment's coming. The demons know that they are going to deal with God one of these days. And these demons said, What are you doing here? Have you come before the time? They know there's a day coming. They know there is. And I'm telling you, when that flag goes up, they know everything, what that signifies and what that means. They are fighting against the God of heaven. And the only reason they are in existence today is that God has allowed them to be in existence. And there's coming a day when they will be thrown into the lake of fire with Satan and all of his demons. And they will never get out again. There's that day coming. No, listen, that's who fights our battles. That's who fights. I don't know about you. You know what? As an American... I could get pretty mouthy on the island of Madagascar <laughs> seeing all the ships out in the ocean just sitting there. Right? Yeah. You can get pretty mouthy when the God of heaven is throwing a flag up and says, let's go. <laughs> Battle's on. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm enjoying this. I like it. Yeah. God battles for you. Don't forget that. God fights. It doesn't feel like he's coming fast enough. Yeah. No, he's there. We're going to look at this here. Our strength comes from God, but I want you to notice verse 13 through 14. We do need armor, though. We do need armor. Satan loves sneak attacks. 
Satan very rarely just comes face to face and says, let's go. <laughs> right. You ever, who, who's ever watched hockey? Oh, okay. Who's ever watched people fight on ice? That, that's what we watch it for, you know. All they do is the, the fight's on ice, right? It's pretty, pretty incredible feat that they can smash each other's face in on skates on ice. Pretty, pretty incredible. But, you know, sometimes they're sitting there, they're on a face-off, and you can hear them. They're yapping at each other, they're yapping, and the minute that puck drops, poof, everything goes off, and here they go, you know. They're just going at it. I mean, listen, they, they, are, they knew. They, they're, they're reading, and they, on. rarely does Satan do that. Not often does he come and just say, let's go. He, he loves sneak attacks. He loves uh, sneaking up on us. And because of that, I'm telling you, you need some armor. We have to have armor. If we didn't have to have armor, God wouldn't have said so here. If we didn't need armor, he wouldn't have said so. If, if it wasn't necessary for our survival, he wouldn't have given it to us. But he has. A spiritual battle requires spiritual strength. But before we get out in that spiritual strength, we need armor. We need armor. And this is the second time we're told to put on God's armor. Look at verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Look at verse 13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So this is important because this is a battle that no one in the Christian life signs up for. How long were you saved till you realized, uh oh, I don't remember this before I was saved. Well, sure. You're on the right. You're on the wrong team with the wrong guy. And listen, you 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 had the you know you're going the same direction. No, no problem. The moment you turned around went the other direction, boy, you started running into him all over the place, right? Amen. Yeah. Some come into the Christian life and say, "Oh, wait a minute, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I, I thought I joined the Peace Corps. Sorry, you didn't." Yeah. That song Roloff used to sing. It's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight, not a game, right? And I love that old song. We are signed up. Listen, the moment when you get saved, we are in a battle. We know this. We know this. The moment you got saved, Satan has set his sights on you. The battle is going. And uh, we need God's strength if we're going to survive. We need God's armor if we're going to survive. And notice what Paul says in verses 11 13. He said, put on the whole armor of God. Put on all of it. No, we cannot, listen, we can't afford to go out every day with just part of it on. Can I tell you something? Satan has really good aim. He has really good aim. Really good. In those old battles, sometimes they, in their armor, they're called chinks in the armor. You know, you've heard that. Or they had the chain mail on them. Or they'll have a, maybe a little place in the armor that's had a previous problem with it. And I don't know, some of those guys are pretty good. They get an arrow right between those spots. The Bible said, remember those, those, uh, those mighty men of David? They, 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 they slung slings with their left hand, and they said they could come within a hair's breadth. I mean, these guys could aim. They could aim. Can I tell you something? Satan's pretty good aim. He knows where the chink in the armor is. He knows when you leave a part of the armor off, that's exactly where he's going. And we're going to look at this over, over the next few weeks here. All of it has got to be on. All of it. Listen, the day that we lay our armor aside is the day that we go home. That's the day we take it. Boy, that's uncomfortable. You know what's more uncomfortable than armor? An arrow sticking out of your back. That's a little more uncomfortable, right? Walking through life with an arrow hanging out of your eyeball, 
That, that doesn't feel good, right? Darts coming out of the back of your head walking. No, I'm, I'm telling you, it just doesn't feel good, right? So listen, don't, don't, the armor, the uncomfortableness of the armor and the, in, the inconvenience of having to put it on every day is much better than the inconvenience and the pain of being mortally wounded. So what is the armor? Paul's writing here. He's living under Roman rule. So he's going to take some of the examples of that day. At that time, Rome was one of the greatest fighting forces in the world, which brought about some of the greatest armor in the world. Spend some time, if you would, if you want to, get out your encyclopedias, get online, whatever it is, and look up some of the details of of the, the Roman military's armor it's really interesting and you can see that paul was was deriving from those uh from those uh references of roman uh armory and uh so look at verse 13 would you please he says stand wherefore take into the whole armor of god the that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all put on all the armor stand (laughs) stand there right what's it mean don't retreat don't run. Don't turn around and go the other way. How often have you wanted to just say, you know what? I'm done. I am just done with this. It was easier when I didn't start this fight. Let's just go back, right? Can I tell you something? There is no retreat. There is absolutely no retreat. We are living in a day of retreat. We're watching believers all around us retreating. They're retreating to the world. They are retreating to unfaithfulness. They're retreating to compromise. They're unfaithful to church. They're unfaithful to the winning of the, of, of the lost. They're unfaithful to the word of God. They're unfaithful to prayer. I mean, we're just living around us where it just seems like, like there are so many that are retreating from the battle and they're running back to the world where they think they're going to take their their bed of ease. I'm telling you, judgment's coming. We're going to give an account to the captain of our salvation one of these days. He's going to take an account of the of the troops and where you were, who was AWOL and who wasn't. Yeah. Can I tell you this morning, if you've lost your desire for the person of Jesus Christ, Jesus said that they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. If you've lost that hunger and that thirst and that desire, can I tell you something? You're in retreat. You're in retreat. You're running away. You're compromising. You're leaving the battle. And if you're in the place of retreat this morning... If you're in a place of retreat, would you notice here the command is to stand, not to retreat. Why? Because there is no armor for the back. We're going to look at this. You know this. This is a lot of this is just um, uh, what's that big, big, big word I'm thinking of. A lot of this is is just uh, you know we're why can't I think sometimes? <sighs> we're just going over it again. <laughs> Whatever that word is, I'm thinking about. Hmm? Repeating, revisiting, whatever the word is, re, re, we're re, reing, reing. Yeah. There's no armor for the back. There's no, there's nothing to protect you from retreating. Listen, if you are in retreat, if you are in retreat today, your back is open. 
You know how many Christians are walking through life with arrows sticking out of their back? It's like hitting the broad side of the barn, man. That's an easy, easiest shot you could have given your enemy. Can you imagine? Like you have an enemy and you don't want him to win, but you turn and give him your back? That's not real bright. I want you to notice the first piece of armor today. There's nothing for the back. It's all for the front. It's all to stand. It's all to move forward. It's all to gain ground. We need armor. So what is it? Look at verse 14. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And I always really just want to look at one thing here this morning. One aspect of the armor, and uh, which is the here in verse 14 having your loins girt about with truth. Now, what an interesting statement that is, and interesting words here. Um, Loins girt about with truth. Well, you see, in battle, what they would do is they'd take those robes and they'd tie them up. The men would bring them up and they'd tie them up so they could be mobile, so they could run, so so they could go into battle and not be caught up in their clothing at all. They needed that mobility. And so watch this, for the believer, for the Christian... Truth is what ties up our mind so we can be nimble enough to respond to Satan's attacks. Do you notice here, truth is the first thing mentioned in our armor? Truth. Truth is the first thing uh, mentioned, right? Why? Because the battle is spiritual, it's not physical. Because we are not fighting in a physical world. Remember Satan's attack? Here's how his attacks go on the mind. You can go back to Genesis and see how Satan attacks, right? His very first attack, what was it? Hath God said? You know, the serpent comes up. Hey, Eve. Hath God said? I think he had to hiss, you know. Just sounds so creepy. Hath God said. Hey, it's what all the Bible versions are doing today. Hath God said. Doubt. Did I tell you the other day what's coming out now? AI. They're going to write a Bible using AI to replace all of the, all of the unfactual Bibles that are out there. And you know what I think? A multitude of supposed believers are going to buy right into it because they've already bought all the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, listen, all these, all these new Bible versions, you've just been a bunch of pawns for what's coming ultimately, which is a Bible that the Antichrist will probably use. Yep. Not so smart anymore, are we? Right. Uh, our mind, it is truth. It is truth, it is truth. God, hath God said, what did he tell you? Ye shall not surely die, liar. That's what he does. He's a liar. He was a liar from the beginning, the Bible says. He, is, he, is, he, is, uh, he, he, he does not speak the truth. Jesus told the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil, right? He said, if, if you were uh, of uh, our father, you'd believe me, right? Because I tell you the truth, he said. But you don't believe me because you're a liar. <laughs> Jesus told the Pharisees that. You're a liar, just like your father. Ouch. And he is. He says, ye shall not surely die. What happened? Well, we died. He died. they died. They died spiritually and they died physically. And what has happened ever since then? We've been dying. 
He is, I mean, you talk about the biggest lie ever perpetrated on all of God's creation was the lie that ye shall not surely die. We're still dying. Still dying. You know what Eve didn't arm herself with? Truth. What was the truth? Well, God told Adam, eat everything except that tree. And no doubt, Adam told Eve. He's the priest of the home. He taught her. He says, don't eat that tree, Eve. Eat everything but that one. So what did Satan do? He didn't go to Adam, the priest of the home. He went to the weaker vessel. Right? And he began to mess with Eve's mind about the truth of God. Yeah. 1 Peter 1.13 Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Here it is. Gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here it is. Truth is our belt. Truth is our suspenders, if you wear suspenders, right? If, you're, if your thinking is wrong, watch this. Your mobility is affected and you are going to trip up and you're going to be full of the enemy's darts and arrows. So the mind has got to be girded up. It has got to be tied up. It has got to be in a place of truth. So how do we tie up our mind with truth? <laughs> yeah. It's the word of God. It is truth, right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus in that, in, in, his, in, in the real Lord's Prayer, over, over in John 17, Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And he didn't say thy word contains truth. He said thy word is truth. It is truth. Amen. And we have it, amen? We have the truth. Yeah. Can I tell you, if we are immersed every day, in the Word of God. If we are immersed every day in the Word of God, you have mobility against Satan. Yeah. If you're not immersed in the Word of God, you're going to be you're going to be hit. You say, "What do you mean?" Well, what did Jesus do in the in 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 uh, the in the wilderness? Remember, Satan came to him at the end of the fasting. Satan came to him, and what did he say? You know, if, if thou be, three times, if thou be, if thou be, if thou be, prove it. What was he doing? He was tempting. And that's what it means when we tempt God. We turn the tables on God and make him prove himself to us. That is tempting God. Right. And every time, you know what Jesus did, right? What did he do? What did he say? Alan, what did he say? It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. Yeah. Jesus didn't even say, I say unto thee. He could have said, I say unto thee, and it would have been fine. But he said, it is written. Why? Because that's what we do. We say, it is written. Jesus gave Satan what we can give Satan. It is written. So, so say, hey, watch. If you're going to be nimble against the attacks of Satan, and he attacks the mind... He attacks our thinking. He attacks truth, right? We have got to be quick with the word of God to fight against Satan. Listen, if we are, if we are not in the word of God every day, you're going to be hit. You need, listen, we need to set a time. You need to memorize the Bible. You need to memorize the word of God. We need, we need to put more of it to memory. More of it to memory. Why? 
Because you don't always have time to, when Satan comes to go, hold on a minute, I've got a verse for you, buddy. Wait a minute, let me find that. Where was that? Well, the thoughts are just coming in. Hold on. Wait, would you, would you just stop? I'm trying to find something. Right? Yeah. No, you need to be ready. We need to be ready. We're got memorized. How many are, how many have memorized how many have memorized chapters of the Bible? Anybody memorize a chapter or two? Oh yeah. Yep. Anybody rem- memorize a book? Anybody remember remember at ACE on the student convention, did your church do ACE schools? Did you have Okay, yeah. And uh, they'd have the international convention that all the and one of the things was Bible memory and one was to memorize the Psalms. And one year there was two kids that memorized the entire book of the Psalms. Wow. Now they didn't sit there and just recite for hours. Over the school year they could memorize and, and quote it to the supervisor who would sign off that they had memorized. And someone would take the entire year to do it, but who cares? That's awesome. I felt pretty good about having Psalm 1 down, man. This kid gets up and you find out they memorized all of them. Amen. <laughs> yeah, like don't ask her to come anymore, would you? <laughs> Give somebody a chance. What a blessing that is. I tell you what. I tell you what. You're gonna listen. That is that is strength against, against Satan. You know why some of you are so defeated? Because you don't have the word of God in your mind. You don't have it memorized. It's not in your heart. Thy word have I hid my heart, David said, that I might not sin against thee. Hey, we've got to have it down. We've got to have it down. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, and then over in Deuteronomy also 11, 18 through 20, he says, Therefore shall you lay up these words in your heart and in your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. It kind of sounds like at every time of your life you're doing this, right? And thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house and upon thy gates. I love it when you walk into a home and there's scripture all over the place. I like that. I like driving into Piedmont when there's scripture in the yards all over the place going in. I was like, I bet I know where they go to church. Yeah. And over in Republic, there used to be quite so there would be those white pipe signs and just white signs of black print on them all through the yards over in Republic. A lot of that came along when that witch made a big big deal about getting rid of the, the ichthus fish off the Republic flag. So people started just putting scripture all through their yards. It's like, yeah, there you go. How do you like that? <laughs> I like it. Word of God. Job said, Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. How many have ever made a, made a covenant and said, You know what? Before I eat, I'm going to be in the Word of God. Job said, It's, it's more necessary than what I eat. What time is it? We've got to go. I didn't realize what it was. Let me give you some things. Oh, my goodness. We're done. You ready? Here we go. Here comes the fun stuff. Are you ready for this? I want you to think about this stuff, and we'll be done. You ready? If you watch TV more than you read your Bible, you have lies hitting your mind with little truth to block them. I mean, it's pouring in. Pouring in. Oh, there's no bad language. Oh, the philosophies sometimes are more dangerous than the language because you're not detecting them. 
If you spend more time on the internet than you do reading your Bible, uh oh, we're going to have more. Hey, I'm just saying, we're going to have more arrows sticking out of us of lies that are hitting our mind than the truth we have to counter them. If we spend more in time involved with politics than we do reading our Bible, you're going to come away believing there's no hope. truth we're talking about the truth of our mind if we can spend more time doing any and listen i listen don't, don't get me wrong you got to go to job go to work you got to have a job you got to do your daily stuff i understand that but i tell you what we have more technology around us today to keep the word of god constantly before us than we have ever had in any time in human history yet we are in the worst shape than we have ever been in human history isn't that weird you know why? Because Satan is really good at countering, counteracting what we have. And it's not, you know what some of the arrows are? Some of the arrows are just lulling to sleep. Yeah. Okay, it's okay, just go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> lulling us to sleep. Yeah. We're going to stop there and we're going to go on later. But I want to ask you this today. How much truth are you getting into your mind? How much truth are you getting into your mind? How much of the Word of God is there every day? How much are you memorizing? How many used to have the little, the little cards? Uh, what are those called? Index cards. Remember the index cards? Yep. Remember the Rolodex? No. Anyway. Index cards. Or the little cards. You just you have them on your dashboard, right? All over the place. In your pocket. Now we can put them on our phone. Now you, oh, man. Now, are you memorizing the Word of God? Yeah. If you want victory, if you want your mind girded up with truth, if you want to, if you want to be, have the mobility against Satan when the arrows come in, to to give the Word of God like Jesus did. Could you imagine Jesus saying, "Oh, what? Did, where did I say that? Hold on a minute. I'm trying to remember. Satan, wait a minute. Trying to remember where that was." <laughs> Satan left, you know. He left. Yeah. Why? Because he can't handle truth. Not at all. Is your tr- Listen, where is the, is the prominence of the Word of God in our life? Where is it? Are we memorizing it? Do you love it? Are you reading it? If you want the mobility against Satan, I'm telling you, we've got to get in the book. Father, thank you today. Would you bless your Word Lord, would you help us as we hide it in our heart that we'd be convinced, that we'd be convinced, Lord, that this is, the, this is part of the armor that we have got to have. And uh, we thank you for this. We thank you that you've shown us how to fight. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're in trouble because I'm late.